Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Catholic Link Podcast, the podcast for busy Catholics. Uh, this is Father Rob Adams, and today I wanted to do something a little bit different. So today I'm making a little bit of announcement, and uh, hopefully this will be our kind of new new rhythm as we go forward in our podcast. Um, for those who are watching, I'm trying to record a video version, so those people who like video stuff can uh, can tune into that. Hopefully our good, good editors over at Catholic Link are able to make this look pretty because I have just, just working out and uh, I look a little bit frazzled, but frazzled is good. Frazzled means that we're alive and that's alive is, is what we want to be, right? Um, so what I want to talk about today, a couple things. The first thing I want to talk about is our, our new direction I wanted to take the podcast in. I know we talk about Catholic Link is the, the podcast for busy Catholics. That was always Father Conrad's big tagline, and I 100% I respect that. So if you ever want to hear me preach, I don't preach super long. I understand people are busy and all that. But I've been thinking a little bit about the podcast, and one of the things that's really stuck out to me is while I don't really like talking longer, I think going a little bit longer might give us some more room to grow, if that makes sense. Like going a little bit longer might let us have a little bit more time to be personal, to, to get to know me, to get to know some of the guests I have on, and really to think of some, about just stuff, right? Um, one thing that I actually got assigned, I say assigned within quotes. So those of you who are listening, you're not seeing my bunny ears with the fingers. But um, one of the things that Catholic Link and the good people there asked me to do was they asked me to start listening to a bunch of podcasts that that priests put on. And I thought, you know, that's cool. I used to not like to listen to other priests' podcasts. A Father Conrad used to tell me that he would listen to his own podcast. This, this man is devoted. I guess I'm just not as devoted, maybe. But, but my thought was, you know, we should probably see what other priests are doing on their podcast. So I had like, I was seriously seven, eight, maybe nine hours worth of podcasts where we just found all of the, the kind of not famous podcasts and some were famous. Um, all the, all the things that priests do for podcasts and you should have seen my notebook. I had the, Oh man, it was the coolest looking notebook I've, I've had in a long time. Right. I was making notes about literally everything. So I was going in there like going in, do they have a, an opening song? Hey, Catholic link, maybe we need an opening song. Maybe we don't, I don't know. Uh, they had, some of them had kind of a, an intro line like Father Conrad used to do. Some of them, some of them didn't. Uh, some of them had a out sequence and some of them didn't. Uh, some of them were various kinds of formats, right? You had some that were interviews like we have done on this podcast for quite a while. We've had some that were solo, right? It's kind of thinking sort of, uh, I don't know, not, not quite Joe Rogan, obviously, because that's sort of a, a loaded term, but sort of the idea of a guy that people like to listen to. So I'm thinking of Father Mike Schmitz, uh, Bishop Barron, right? These are both cases of people like listening to this guy. They just like to listen to him talk. And Bishop Barron has people on his show sometimes, and Father Mike doesn't. But but for the most part, you know, I think that that's, that's an option. Uh, some of them also had what I call three guys talking, which is not always three guys, but it's it's some some group of priests just sort of talking and coming at a thing from different angles, which is awesome. So part of what that experience led me to was kind of the idea that I kind of like the one guy talking. Not not that it's bad. I love interviews. We're gonna, still going to do a bunch of interviews. I'm still going to have guests on. We're not dropping the interviews by any means. 
but I still kind of like being able to go a little bit longer and just talk a little bit about stuff. One of the things that came up for me a lot when I was listening to these other priests talk was they do two things, and I want to try to do those two things. The first thing they do is they talk about priest stuff. Usually, we found that people who listen to a Catholic podcast are really already all in on Catholicism. You're all in on faith. You're all in on on the Jesus stuff and the Catholic Church stuff, which is awesome. But I don't think we need to recover that ground. And that's why I've been doing things like the history of the priesthood and some of the cooler parts of the different seasons of the liturgical year. Because maybe you don't know that. Maybe you already know the dogmas, but you don't quite know why we do those things. But I also just want to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a priest. And I don't mean that in like some kind of rosy spiritual thing. By the way, that was one of the that was one of the uh, one of the characteristics I ran into. Some priests, God bless them, they uh, they're very preachy, very very preachy. I called them kind of like the the glorified homeschool priest, right? Talking about everything like, well, this is sure going to get me out of purgatory. That's not my jam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not that I don't. I please. I do believe in purgatory. I was homeschooled. I'm all about all of those things. Yes, but that's really not my style. And I just, I can only do what I know how to do. So the other thing they do, besides talking about priest life, is they do talk about faith. They talk about current events. They talk about spiritual stuff. They talk about what's going on in the church. They talk about theological emergencies and questions and, and all that stuff. So if you ever have a question, if you ever have something that you want to talk about or something that you think is cool, please, please let me know. I'm not above talking about just about anything. I don't like big, scary controversies. Because as a pastor, I deal with those most days. And uh, on a podcast, I want to talk about stuff that's like fun. But if you have a question, it is my job to try to help and answer that. So I wanted to just kind of dive in, right? I'd I want to try this. I, I want to try to to get in on maybe this new flavor of of being a podcast and trying to get our our you know the listener that I think would be the best fit for this show. So. Everybody who listens to this, congratulations. Thank you for all the time and energy you've put into the show. I hope to make it something great for you. But I also hope that you're willing to try out what, what I'm going to do. So without further ado, let's go into it, right? So first off, I want to talk about being a priest. I, I loved the Clerically Speaking podcast. Go check out those guys, um, Father Anthony, I believe, and Father Harrison. They're really good. And what I really, really liked about their show was they have a way of talking about the priesthood in a way that I thought was super real, super real. Now, I know that I'm really mega negative. I am not an optimist by any means. I am an anxious person. I am a pessimist. Yeah, all that stuff. And I think more priests are than you might think. But I love the way they talk about things that happen in their parish. They're not throwing people under the bus, but they are kind of highlighting things you may not realize that a priest uh, does have to deal with. Um, for example, I I had to figure out like a security system and the fire alarm and the way the building is wired. And as I was walking out of mass today, you know, I saw that there was a leak going down the vent, but not the rest of the wall, just the vent. Meanwhile, someone wants me to go over and bless their house, which is awesome. I would love to bless their house, but I got to figure out where the water is coming in the vent because that's a that's a big problem. But I think that a lot of people don't realize where most priests are at today. I went to something with our diocese, my, my diocese here in Lexington, and we had a, they call it like a continuing education thing, which is great, right? Priests need to, to grow just like every other profession does. But it was with Monsignor Rossetti, 
And Monsignor Rossetti, if you don't know Monsignor Steve Rossetti, he's the founder of the St. Luke Institute, which is really like the mental health thing for priests. So before you go into seminary, you have to get screened by St. Luke. If you have a problem during your priesthood, you go to St. Luke to go receive treatment, right? He really understands a lot of the, the psychological stuff of priests. But one of the things that I didn't quite agree with from Monsignor Rossetti's presentation or diocese was him pulling up data and saying, look how many priests are super happy and everything is awesome and morale is really great in the church right now. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'm not questioning his data, but maybe he didn't get all the responses. And one of the reasons I say that is because one of the things I've noticed, particularly in the last couple of years since COVID restrictions have gone away and like more, quote, normal church life is back, lots of what people consider good priests are really having a hard time right now. We are seeing, for the first time in a really long time, we're seeing a lot of young priests step away from the ministry. And that's that's concerning. That's very concerning. And I think the problem is, right now, um, we thought that that was only something that happened in the 70s. I actually, I remember in seminary, they talked about, you know, if a guy ever left or, you know, took a break or something, that it was it was because he was having an affair or he wasn't praying enough or he wasn't being accountable to somebody, right? You know, insert, you're not doing X enough. But it's interesting talking to some of these guys. It's interesting kind of reflecting on my own frustrations and things. And and I don't think that's true. I don't think priests are having a hard time right now because we aren't doing something we're supposed to do or because we're all like secretly alcoholics or like we're all having an affair. No, no, no. That's These guys are faithful. But one of the things you see in the church today is that your priests generally have pretty low morale. Now, now, why is that? Why is that? It's a good question, right? Some of it has to do with kind of like, and this once again, this is me spitballing, right? I got, ah, I am not a psychologist. Don't don't take anything I say like seriously at all. Just it's one guy's thought. It's my reflection of myself and people I know, and I know a lot of people, so. Maybe that sample size is bigger than than you might think. I don't know. But what what I found is, is there's a lot of things going on. One of them is the role of men in our culture today is very different than it was even 10 years ago. And what I mean by that is 10 years ago even, 10 years ago, right? When when I was I was in in seminary, men were expected to sort of be stoic. I'm talking like our culture, the way our culture treats men and and the way that culture wants us to interact as men. There's this idea that that men have to kind of suck it up and and endure. Maybe that maybe the Christian way to say it is you have to bear your cross, right? Take up your cross and follow me. Suck it up and go. Or what they used to tell us in seminary was uh sursum corda, buckaroo. Sursum corda is the part in the the preface where he says lift up your hearts. Sursum corda is lift up your hearts in Latin. So whenever guys would complain, I remember some of these kind of like rah rah priests, they would say sursum corda, buckaroo, and I uh I wanted to hit him. I'll be honest, I wanted to hit him. But but why, right? What's changed? Well, nowadays with kind of the woke movement that's been going on, straight guys are generally considered the problem. We are the problem. We are the reason society is terrible. And if we're having a hard time, the message that society sends straight guys is good. You should be feeling bad. Um 
with kind of the subtle back answer of, if you want to feel better, you should be married. And priests aren't. Priests are single guys who are having a hard time. And so society kind of thinks, good, good, you should suffer. You deserve to suffer. And I don't know that they mean that consciously and, and actively hateful, but but it is in the background. There is kind of this vibe that, yeah, you should be having a bad time because you're a guy. There's really not a lot out there for men. And there's not a lot out there for men who live by themselves and are trying to be faithful to the gospel. So that's one thing. Society has kind of turned against us. But the other thing too that's happened is we expect to take hits from, I'm, I'm thinking maybe like, Imagine some kind of like World War One trench or something, right? Like you got a guy who's like getting up out of the trench and he's going to go like fight another trench, whatever World War One imagery is. I don't know. But you're expecting to get hits from the front. And by that, I mean like you're expecting to kind of have the world hate you a little bit. You're expecting to get slapped around. You're ex Jesus said that, right? The world will hate you because, wait for it, it hated me first. So yeah, the world doesn't like us. Fair. We thought that would happen. But what's hard is when we're getting hit from behind, when the church itself sort of leaves faithful priests high and dry. And I'm not trying to point fingers and I'm not trying to say, well, these people do this and they're bad. But what I mean by that is kind of at all levels. Sometimes it can feel like the Holy Father has a hard time with young priests, particularly with young American priests. So having even the Holy Father sort of not on your side feels bad. It can even happen sometimes where as a priest, you have to make a tough decision in your parish, right? You have to call somebody out on, a, on an immoral situation that they're living or how they're not practicing their faith. Or you might have to ask them to hold back from receiving the sacraments until that situation is resolved. If your bishop doesn't have your back, if your bishop throws you to the wolves, and I'm not saying that that's the case for me, that's not what I mean, but it does happen quite a bit. Somebody complains to the bishop because the priest has to tell them something hard and they go to the bishop and the bishop wants to avoid controversy and throws the priest under the bus. So a lot of us know today that if we stand up for Catholicism, especially around some of the tougher issues, right? Around divorce and remarriage, around LGBT, around all sorts of things that society does not like our church for, contraception, any of that. If a priest has to stand up and tell somebody, hey, no, this isn't our jam, right? I'm not trying to hate you. I'm not trying to spread negativity or violence or any of that. It's just, this is not what we believe is, is good. If you do that as a priest, the odds that your diocese will have your back is not, not super high. But that's kind of a problem because we feel morally obligated to do what the church asks us to do, both because we took the oath of fidelity saying that we would uphold the teachings and practice of the Roman Catholic Church, but also scripture itself tells us in the book of Ezekiel that God sets his priests as watchmen over his household, and that if the just man turns to sin and you don't warn him, God will hold you responsible for his death. Ugh, ugh, right? So we we feel sort of, at least I feel, maybe I, I'm speaking in the plural, but I, I hope that it's not just me. I feel like, yeah, I have an obligation to do this. Not It's not like I have a, a wish to go out and have a fight. I would love to not have fights. Fights are terrible. I would much rather be friends with people and eat sandwiches. What do church people eat? Sandwiches and like desserts and stale cookies, right? Like, yeah, that's awesome.
But instead, sometimes we have to be the bad guy. It's just part of being a priest. There's not a lot of catechesis. And that's that's my third point. There's not a lot of catechesis. And priesthood is a team sport. So being a priest is not something you are for yourself. That's, that's how it works as a sacrament. You are a priest for the people of God. You're a priest for the church, right? Yes, you're a priest for Jesus, but you can't see it on my whiteboard. It's, it's up there on my whiteboard. On my whiteboard, uh, I have the the Bible verse from my ordination mass where Jesus, it's it's uh, after the resurrection in John, and Jesus says, if you love me, feed my sheep. You can say, well, you're a priest for Jesus. Yeah, but if you love Jesus, you have to feed his sheep. That's what being a priest is. Here's the kick, though. Sometimes those sheep don't want to be fed or led. Sometimes because of what happened in the 70s and 80s, and if we're being honest, what's happening now in our church is our people are being confused. Our people, and I say being confused, not like they're a state of confused. There are there are folks out there who are actively confusing. Um, and that sort of puts priests in a bad spot because we still have to teach the faith. While sometimes bishops and those very, very high up in the church can kind of be vague and say things and you, you know, they can they can stretch it. We really can't do that as priests. We're the guy on the ground. And people are going to come to you and say, Father, is this a sin? And you have to say yes or no, right? You can't say, well, you know, see where the spirit leads you. It's just not, it's not, at least I can't do that. And so I think when you realize that if people don't want to play and it's a team sport, you're playing football as a one-man team. So a lot of priests feel this thing that, that I've heard them described as being both underworked and overworked at the same time, but in different ways. So a lot of priests are kind of underworked because people don't want to go to confession. They don't want to get married in the church. They don't want to go to mass. They don't, you know, the the kind of things that you would think a priest would, would do, we don't really get to do as much, at least in a lot of rural places in the United States. But there's also this sense of being kind of like stretched really thin. You know, I'm the only priest for within 40 minutes of where I live. And that's, a, that's, that's certainly not terrible, but it's not great. Compare that to something like Boston, where like, you don't like one priest, walk five minutes the other way, right? We, we just don't have that. But this is a team sport. And if our people don't want to play the game with us, we kind of look like the one football player, like the, like the lineman, we're like, we're going to, we're going to play football. And everybody behind you is like, but we like having a picnic. Cool. I like picnics too, but we're, we're here to play football. And if we don't want to play football, it can kind of make you wonder why you're doing this. Like, why, why am I playing football if no one else wants to play football? And sure, you can say like, well, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, you know, you got you to gotta stay faithful. Yeah, you do. But if you're the only voice that you ever hear, if you're the only person who ever reminds you, Jesus loves you, we believe in Jesus, we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. If you're the only person that you ever hear say that, it's not good. It's not good. So where am I going with this? Well, I think you need to really start making an effort to to check on your priest. Ask how he's doing. Ask what's going on in his head. Um, a lot of guys are having a much harder time than you might think. And we can smile and, you know, we're not going to dump all our emotions on you. Please, Lord, I don't want to do that either. But just something to be aware of a little bit, right? It's the, the You're getting hit from the front and the back. And that doesn't even count if the guy's beating himself up. So, you know, your priests are kind of stretched. And so people are always like, well, Father, why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you out here? Why aren't you involved in this? Well, it's because we're getting hit everywhere all at once. And that, that sort of sucks the life out of you. So 
Pray for your priest for sure, but don't just pray for your priest. Go out and talk to him. Ask how he's doing. Ask if he needs anything. Like, ask how he's feeling. Does, can you help with something? And sometimes you can't. I mean, it's not, it's not about like, well, father's just so tired, but it's more of a, like a deep tired. It's more of like a, a existential maybe kind of tired. So just be aware of that when you're dealing with your priest. Now that's not always the case, but it is more the case than you might think. This is where I want to end up though. There is a spiritual component to that. And it's something that we read a lot during the Easter season, especially in the Acts of the Apostles. And the spiritual component of this is that your priest is supposed to be conformed to Jesus. And that's really what we're all supposed to be. The key to reading the Acts of the Apostles, in case you didn't know what it is, the Acts of the Apostles, like all the random like stories and whatnots about Paul and Peter and early church. Yeah, fine, whatever. Yes, it is about those things, but it's about something fundamentally deeper than that. The Acts of the Apostles is where now the apostles do all of the same things that Jesus did, right? When Stephen dies and is stoned, what does he say? Father, do not hold this sin against them. In your hands, I commend my spirit. Stephen dies like Jesus. And Stephen's death, like Jesus's death, pops the church out of Jerusalem, pops the church out of this little bubble and spreads it everywhere, kind of like a big bubble, like full of seeds, right? When Christians suffer and have a hard time, or when we're growing close to God, God actually sees his son in us. Today's Friday of the third week of Easter. I got to make sure I get that right. Friday of the third week of Easter. And we read today at mass about the conversion of St. Paul. I'm always interested in what Jesus says to Paul. Because, you know, Paul isn't persecuting Jesus. Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I always want to stop. And if I was Paul, I would be like, yo, man, I would love to persecute you. That is my goal. If I could persecute you, whoo, oh boy, that's what we came here for. Paul kind of feels like, well, I got second best and I go after your people. So if I could get a hold of you, oh man, I would do it. But instead, Paul goes after Christians. Paul kicks down the doors of Christians, not Jesus. Jesus is in heaven. So why does Jesus say you're persecuting me? Because the Acts of the Apostles is about drawing this equal sign. You can't see it. I'm trying to make an equal sign with my hands. That sounded cool in my head. Maybe not. But we are supposed to be like Jesus and not just in like a moral imitation. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we get to live like him. Because of our baptism, God the Father sees his son in us. And so when we suffer, particularly when we suffer, God sees his son. Why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? Jesus identifies with you. Jesus identifies with me. And the whole goal of the Christian life is to learn how to develop that identification, to learn to develop that deep identity between Jesus Christ and myself, right? Or my calling as an adopted son or daughter of God. So what does that have to do with what I was talking about before? Well, one of the big things that we all have to do in the face of suffering is learn to unite our suffering to that of Christ, to bring that to the altar, right? We all have to learn to see Jesus suffering in us. But we also have to learn to see Jesus suffering in other Christians. So when I look out at my parish and I see people like struggling, and I know it's easy to think like, well, it's all bad and people are sinning and they don't know the faith. Like if you, you might've heard maybe that kind of vibe and you know, I'm guilty of it sometimes. 
But I also think we got to recognize that God is still working, right? God writes straight with crooked lines. So sometimes we can look out and we can see other people, other people in our parish, other people that we know. Sometimes it's our priest. Sometimes it's that old lady in the pew next to you. I don't know. All the things that they suffer, right? Let's think of that little old lady. Like maybe she's a widow and maybe her house is kind of dirty and she doesn't have energy to clean it. So she's lonely, she's tired, she can't do the things that she needs to do. And driving to church is probably about the third trip she does of the entire week, right? Learn to see Jesus in her. Learn to see Jesus suffering. Learn to see Jesus being alone. Learn to see Jesus needing help cleaning his house, right? When you see the the crazy sinner in church, everybody knows that guy. It's everywhere, right? Like when we see the the person who, who doesn't believe some teaching of the church like they should. No, it doesn't make it okay but we need to see Christ struggling. We need to see Christ needing our help, Christ needing our help, Christ needing our love, right? What does he say on the cross? I thirst. He thirsts for you to love him and other people too, right? And finally, you might see Christ suffering in your priest. Why are you persecuting me when people in the church are yelling at the priest because he doesn't have enough energy to do whatever thing they think he needs to do because they think he's too liberal. They think he's too conservative. They don't like the way that his hair looks. By the way, that's a thing. Um, once you're a priest, people feel like they have the right to comment on your physical appearance, which I, I have. Every priest I've ever heard says the same thing. And all of us kind of feel like that's super rude and weird. But they're like, I don't like your haircut. You're like, oh, I don't like yours either. But I can't say it. So... What do you want to do about it? But anyway, you know, I, we got to learn to see Jesus in this guy. We got to learn to see Jesus in the broken people and the, the people that that need help. And this isn't just some kind of goofy, like kind of like, well, you know, you got to do better and help people. I mean, it really is part of the Easter season because of Christ's resurrection, because of his ascension, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are connected to him in a very real and deep way. So I kind of hope that as you listen to the Acts of the Apostles during Easter season, that this would be something that you're thinking about, identifying myself with Jesus. The things that Jesus used to do, now Paul and Peter and Barnabas and all these guys get to do. And if Paul and Peter and Barnabas can do it, then I can do it as well. I've received the same spirit that those guys have. So kind of a neat thing to start kind of turning over in your head during the Easter season. But Really, that's all I had to talk about today. That's all. I mean, this is like four times as long as our regular podcast. Or maybe we won't go this long again. But I hope that this is cool. Please drop us a line. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, send us something over on catholiclink.org. Check us out. See what you what you think. Let us know. And you can find all of our uh, all of our other stuff over on the Catholic Link, Link website. And you can also go and visit us on our social media page, particularly on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, there's lots of great videos, lots of great random little posts about how to live your faith. It really is a cool uh, sort of all the resources about how to be Catholic over there at Catholic Link. But until the meantime, this has been the Catholic Link podcast with Father Rob Adams. Thank you all so much for listening and God bless you. <laughs>